If no one sheds light on what is being done in the darkness, it will never stop. One in three girls and one in six boys are sexually abused and told to hush. Breaking the silence is the first step to healing. Healing is a lifelong journey. Find your voice. Your story matters. Pain put me into hiding. Purpose called me out. May the silence be broken. Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Oh my gosh, it's already December. Mm-hmm. And we're back. I think we took a little bit of a break and I didn't even realize it, but sorry about that. Life happens. And I just really needed to relax. <laughs> Thanksgiving right? was good. How about you, Mary? Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Not long enough. Not long yeah. enough as usual, but it was so mm-hmm. good. I'm grateful. And we move forward and into December and the craziness begins. I know, but my whole house is decorated for Christmas already and I am just loving it. I don't ever want to leave it. <laughs> did you get your tree up? I did not decorate it yet. Okay. So we're getting there. We're getting there. We okay. wait to see how the cats respond to the initial tree surprise oh. because we get a live one every year and they're like, do I want to eat it? Do I want to pee on it? Do I want to climb it? So we wait and see what happens there. Then we get the ornaments and lights on it once the surprise is worn off. That is amazing. Well, my mm-hmm. dog hasn't touched our tree or any ornaments yet, but um, it did find some Scrabble tiles and chewed them to pieces. And <laughs> I'm, waiting. I'm waiting to get the pieces out of the poop and hopefully put the water Because we, you have to have the piece. I'm just joking. But no, that was kind of a disappointment. Yeah, I know. Anyways, I am so excited to be back. I love this podcast so much. And we have so many great guests and just good conversation. Um, Actually, one of our good friends, Melanie, is with us today. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Yeah. Can you tell us all about what you're doing? Because you have multiple things going on and I'm going to touch on all of it, but just kind of share a little bit about you and what you've been up to in Columbus. Sure. So right now I'm the director of people and culture at Sanctuary Night. Um, If you're not familiar with Sanctuary Night, we right now operate um, once a week on Monday nights. We have a space um, in Franklinton in Columbus um, where we serve vulnerable women uh, in Franklinton from 8 to 10 p.m. They get a meal We have clothes for them, hygiene, products, all that stuff. Um, And we're also in the process of opening a drop-in center, crossing our fingers that will open (laughs) in January. Yes. Um, It's been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I'm also a mindful consumer coach in Columbus, which means that I help, I I teach people how to shop consciously um, and how to advocate for people who plant, who harvest, who sow and sell our stuff. Um, And I uh, help my clients to incorporate mindfulness into this as well. Mm. Um, Just kind of tuning in to what they're feeling in their bodies. um, While, you know, we're thinking about buying a certain thing, like what is motivating us to do, you know, to buy that thing. So um, that, you know, includes a lot of different things, but that's kind of the basics of what I get to do and being a coach. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a lot of what, I mean, we work together quite a bit on the anti-trafficking realm. And I do want to touch on that a little at the end, but mostly, Melly, I just love this whole idea of being a mindful consumer, especially this time of year. I think people are making a lot more purchases than they usually do throughout the year. And it's just important to be mindful. I mean, mindfulness is something that we talk a lot about as survivors. Those of us who've gone through trauma, like that is a big part of our healing um, and just being grounded. And uh, but being a mindful consumer, that's something I don't think we really think about. It's not something that's talked about too much, but I think it is important. So could you unpack a little bit about, you know, maybe even just define what mindful consumerism is? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we don't really talk about it that much. Um, I think we kind of had this phase maybe in like the early 2000s or like even the 90s when we talked a lot about sweatshops. Um, mm-hmm. And then that sort of faded away. And that's, I think, what people still think about yeah. um, when it comes to like where their clothes come from. It, it kind of becomes a joke um, for some people in some, in, in some way, which is interesting. Um, so I got Mindful Consumer um, out of conscious consumerism, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, they're similar to me, but, um, for me, I like to define conscious consumerism. Um, what it is to me is when purchasing practices are motivated by a desire to make a positive social and environmental impact. Hmm. So we're not just trying to avoid buying things from like, you know, so-called sweatshops, we're Mm -hmm. trying to buy things um, consciously, like actually think about where does this come from? Um, Who made it? Like who picked the fibers? Just like we might with like, you know, a lot of people are conscious of where their food comes from Mm -hmm. um, and asking the question um, about our clothes as well. Not just like, where did this tomato come from? Is it local or did I get it at Aldi or, you know, whatever, but Um, asking the question about what we wear and even, you know, our desk, you know, our kitchen (laughs) counters. Um, Mm -hmm. And then mindful consumerism Mm -hmm. um, to me is, you know, is what I said um, earlier that being mindful about our purchases as well, because, you know, there's a lot of things that we have to ask ourselves before we buy something what am I feeling? Like we make a lot of emotion, a lot of emotional decisions. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, it goes into our mental health as well. Like, you know, what's pushing me to make this purchase? Am I feeling depressed? Am I, um, am I feeling sad? And I just want, you know, some sort of dopamine spike. Um, Mm -hmm. so, so that's kind of where I got the mindful consumer, um, coach idea. I love that. I had even seen on your Instagram, the mindful consumer coach, where you even ask questions like, you know, am I feeling insecure about something or scared in my body? What would happen if I didn't buy this? Would I regret it or get over it easily? Um, And just paying attention. Yeah. To your emotions, because Obviously, you know, we, many of us are making purchases at various times throughout our week, and it's something we do without really being conscious of it. And that's an interesting thought to me because so much of being a survivor of trauma 
is trying to stay grounded, being in our body, paying attention to our emotions throughout different times, you know, while we're working, while we're with our children, you know, maybe while we're driving, although I end up places and I don't even remember Mm-hmm. getting there. Like <laughs> how in the world do I, it's like, seriously, it's like, get in the car, dissociate, end up where I needed to be like, Whoa, where did the time uh-huh. go? And did I run any red lights? Like it's a weird thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, probably should go to therapy for that. But I do think, you know, making purchases is a big part of our life. And why wouldn't we want to also be mindful in that process, because you're right. There is definitely parts of us that do it in an unhealthy coping way. And that's not Mm -hmm. to be a judgment. It's just to want to be a whole person, to be well, to be healthy, to be thoughtful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I always just try to be cautious when I talk to people about this, because the intention is not for people to feel shame about, you know, not being conscious or mindful of where they're buying things. It's just not a practice that, um, is, you know, woven into society. It's something that we, um, over the last like 20 some years have developed an ability to, you know, dissociate from, um, that from like thinking about the background of, of where our things come from. Um, so there, we're not really taught that and it's encouraged by our consumeristic, um, culture. We are constantly bombarded, especially, you know, Friday was black Friday today, is Cyber uh-huh. Monday, we're told, you know, get this deal. And it's, um, oh, and it never eating. ends. There's always another type of a black Friday happening. It's right. Like, and you feel, well, it can cause you, the point of it is to make you feel like you might be missing out or this is a great thing, but then you don't think about all the people who are being exploited, overworked mm-hmm. um, to make these things happen. Yeah. It's, they try to feed on the, the FOMO and That's the right. scarcity uh-huh. mindset mm-hmm. that this is going to go away. It's never going to come back. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I like to, you know, remind people that keeping corporations, keeping brands accountable, um, is really like the most important thing that we can do besides asking the hard questions. Um, cause that, you know, asking where my, where my stuff comes from spurs us on to action, um, Mm -hmm. or that's what we want it want it to do. Um, and so I just try to remind people that corporations and they, they really feed on, like I said, that FOMO and that scarcity mindset and put profit over people. Mm -hmm. Um, it allows us to, you know, not pay attention because we don't have to worry about it. Mm -hmm. Is there, um, like a certain place or a way that you would encourage people to to take action to do their research on certain companies? You know, I think it's easy to not want to do it. You know, like I love athletic wear. I've always liked Nike, like, but then once you know about their employment practices, it's hard to ever buy that again, (laughs) you know, but so how would you encourage for those who are willing to not put their head in the sand about these kinds of things, where yeah. would you encourage them to look? 
would you encourage them just to like look up your favorite brand and, you know, do the Google search? Or is there a certain place where you can, you know, find out the practices of these companies overall or like a good or bad list or? Yeah, I think that's such such a big question Yeah, um, because it can be so complicated to find mm-hmm. things out. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I first started learning about conscious consumerism, I just remember it being so hard to go to the mall anymore because all I would all I would see was just stories and faces that's what would come up for me um and so there are a few different resources that I usually point out to people who just want to get started just want to learn about their favorite brands um one of those is called the um good on you app so it's an app but it's also a website um, where you can look up brands and they rate them Another one um, is Remake, um, and I think it's remake.world. Um, but if you Google them, they have like a fashion transparency um, sort of uh, like rating. And then another one is Fashion Revolution, which also has um, like a rating system mm-hmm. for different brands. Mm-hmm. Um, something that makes it even harder to you know, figure out if a brand is ethical um, is something called greenwashing, which is when a brand, you know, uses the word like sustainable or, you know, ethically made, but there's really no definition behind that. Like we don't have a definition um, or regulation for the word sustainability, like we have for organic. Is that right? Um, Yeah. Yeah. So you can feel really good about making a purchase of a t-shirt that says made with sustainable, whatever, but in reality, there's no way to even prove that. Yeah. And (laughs) like, for example, yes. Yeah. It can be really disappointing and and discouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, Like for example, H&M has what they call a conscious collection. So when you bring in clothes um, to recycle, um, they'll tell you that like, you know, part of they'll recycle that clothing. And then they have this collection where they they use like supposedly recycled material. Um, And that might be true for some of it, but a lot of that recycled clothing doesn't actually get recycled. It just gets sort of shipped off to where, you know, most um, thrift store items that don't sell get sold, get, Mm -hmm. you know, um, shipped to. And they still, the thing about like H&M or Boohoo or other um, big fast fashion brands is they might claim um, to recycle clothing. They might claim to have a a sustainable um, line, but they're still pumping out, you know, thousands of collections a year or a month. And that is a huge indicator um, to, you know, you or anybody listening that they're not sustainable if they just continue to pump out clothes um, constantly. That's Mm -hmm. a huge red flag. Okay. Yeah. Fast fashion in general, I guess would be. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah. And yeah, because our dollars, they really do matter because there are people behind what we're purchasing. Is that kind of what got you interested in the first place? Was it the, um, you know, to be more mindful and conscious about your buying was it about because you have a heart for human trafficking and, you know, just wanting to end the exploitation and labor, 
or was it more about, you know, protecting the earth or a little both just wondered how you started really becoming involved? Yeah. So kind of both, but mostly, um, when I started learning about human trafficking, um, was in high school and I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life until I hit the bat po- hit that point. Yeah. Um, as probably every 18 year old doesn't really right. know what they want to do. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, so I was like, Oh no, I need to do something. And eventually I got myself into, into social work. Um, but I then interned gosh, in 2015 now, um, in New York city with InterVarsity, um, University Christian fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, I was you like, wait, them. yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you who it was, but yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. So I, I interned with, um, InterVarsity through a, a program called New York city urban projects. I lived in Harlem with a couple other interns, Um, and that's where I started learning about conscious consumerism. It was, um, I, I interned, um, through that internship interned with an organization called Nomi network that works with, excuse me, women in India and Cambodia who are at risk of, or survivors of trafficking. Um, and I kind of learned about social enterprise as well. in in that, um, internship, but the person who led my, led my internship through InterVarsity, um, his name was Jonathan Walden, just shout out to him. He really taught me like how the two are connected. Mm. How does human trafficking, um, and exploitation of the land, um, how does, you know, that link, that link to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we learned how do we, um, survive on like a, um, low income wage, like if we were on snap or something, like how would we do that while also trying to shop as like ethically and consciously as possible Mm -hmm. with our food, um, as well as like, you know, what do we, how do we be more conscious about our clothing? Mm -hmm. So it really entered from there and then just like, couldn't turn back and (laughs) continued to learn. So Mm -hmm. I started, yeah. And I continue to be motivated by the people yeah. and then the the planet aspect kind of yeah. has, has come um, after that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of holidays, once they're over, we're starting a new Unleash group. I'm so excited. January and February, uh, we'll do another eight week group for survivors who want to join. Woo! So we've got Lots of videos, survivor stories, um, journal prompts. There's a free ebook that goes along with it. And then we meet for eight straight weeks. And it's so fun. We've done one full year of these groups. And it's been one of the best things um, that I think I have ever created. And I'm so just honored by the survivors who've joined us. Many have been repeat Um participants and have just gotten so much out of each course because every group it's eight or less in every single group. And we've just grown to, to love each other. And the topics 
are amazing that come up each week and just supporting each other and loving each other and just a place to show up and be yourself to take off all the expectations, especially through the holiday seasons. Like let's drop the expectations. Let's drop all of the things that we're supposed to feel obligated to do and be and say and act like, and look like, and all the things that we can just be there for an hour together and talk about our healing, talk about our hopes, talk about the things that have held us back and figure out how we're going to get ourselves free. And it's just been such an amazing, amazing opportunity for a lot of survivors. And I'm excited to offer a few groups. So please check them out. The times are listed um, at imonevoice.org. You click on the Unleash link. Also, we are adding for those who have already participated in an Unleash group in 2021, we are adding a special holiday support group um, this December 15th. So those who've already been an Unleash alumni, you know, we know the holiday season can feel extra heavy for survivors. So being able to have the support of one another to know that we're not alone, I think sometimes can carry us through. So if you have participated in an Unleash group in the past, please find the information. Um, It's on our Facebook page. It's on Instagram. It's on Twitter. And it's on our website. If you go to imonevoice.org slash unleash, you will find a link for the holiday support group. Um, You can sign up for that. There is um, not a limited amount of seats. So we are going to have an amazing, hopefully a a decently large gathering of all those who have participated in Unleash. We're going to have trauma experts sharing. We're going to have survivors. We're going to have some special survivors who have participated in the videos that are going to show up and share some holiday survival tips. And it's just going to be a lot of fun and laughter and just um, getting together again. So sorry for the long commercial, but really excited about what we have to offer for the holidays and leading into January and February. And lastly, if you are signing up for the January, February online course, you will get free access to the December 15th holiday survival So that's $100 off we're offering right now for three months of survivor care. It's videos, it's an ebook, it's journal prompts, and then there'll be nine virtual support groups if you sign up for the January, February course. So sign up now, imonevoice.org slash unleash and use coupon code earlybird80. So I have a question that might be, I don't know, obvious or just difficult to kind of answer, but I'm interested in your thoughts. So I think for a lot of people, um, let's say there's a really cool romper that says made in Cambodia. And for me, my thoughts, because Cambodia is so close to my heart and I've seen the labor trafficking, the sex trafficking firsthand, I don't want to purchase that because I Again, I, I feel like I can see all the stories, like you said, of, of what might be behind that, where someone else might say, oh, well, I want to support those people by buying that. So my question isn't really a question. I kind of just want you to respond to that <laughs> because <laughs> I think that's a difficult, it's been difficult for me to sort of explain, um, yeah, the difference and also, you know, because you might feel like, yeah, you are supporting that, but it, 
Is it something you really want to support? And then, you know, I've, I've heard people say that to me, like, but I, if I don't buy this, then what it's going to be even worse for them. Right. That's a really hard argument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, not argument, but it's hard Position. to know. Yeah. It's hard to know how to respond um, to that question because, you know, I think, I mean, I've been in that though. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's the thing that I, I, I come back to, or I, um, talk with people about, again, trying not to bring in that shame part, because I mean, I think all of us have asked that question before, um, is that the, the brands that are employing the workers, um, so, so kind of what that supply chain typically looks like is a brand outsources to a factory, the factory employs the workers, um, and brands can demand from factories that they price their clothing at a certain price point. So if they're like, I want this for 10 cents a piece. If the factory says, no, we need it. We need 12 cents so that we can pay our workers like a decent wage. There's so many factories that a company has all of the leverage. So they can say, fine, I'll go to this other factory mm-hmm. and they'll, they'll do it for 10 cents. Mm-hmm. So kind of bringing it back to your first, to your question is it's, it's not that we are allowing the brand to pay a worker. Mm-hmm. It's that they have the money to pay the worker. It's not us that mm-hmm. are like, you know, directly affecting that worker. And they're going to like, if we don't buy from them, that they're going to like lose all their money and then the worker won't be employed. Yeah. They're going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. You know, I've also kind of compared it to like sex trafficking. Like if you want to say, well, then, you know, the, the Johns and the pimps should continue to pay the girls. We need to continue to keep sex trafficking going. (laughs) Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. But you have to kind of look at it in the same venture labor trafficking and sex trafficking and and do you want to fuel it to keep them in it or would you Mm -hmm. rather give other opportunities for them to leave but the point is i think what you're saying since the beginning is doing your research and knowing what companies are doing the right things do you Mm -hmm. think that i you know you see a lot of like fair trade being slapped on products especially like coffee and things like that do you think that's a good place to start is that something that from your experience is something you can count on, you can believe in. For me, that's kind of where I started was looking for fair trade products to replace the ones in the, and yeah, they will be a little bit more expensive, but Mm -hmm. I've trusted that label. Can you Mm -hmm. not break my spirit and tell (laughs) me that I should? No, I won't break your spirit. Okay. Um, I, that's, that's where I came in too. That's what Jonathan, the, you know, the the person I had talked about before from InterVarsity, um, he taught me about fair trade. And so what, what he sort of helped us, you know, think about, um, while we were buying things was, um, he, he called it and he, he still calls it, um, log off 
So local, green, organic, fair, and free. So the acronym is capital L, little O, like local, and then capital O, F, F. Um, and so that helped me to think through, um, is it local? You know, is it organic? Is it, is um, it fair as in like, it, are the people who are making it treated fairly and have a fair wage? Um, and are they free? And so that fair always came in as fair trade. Mm -hmm. So those don't have to go in order at all. Mm -hmm. Um, they're just like helpful things to, to remember while you're, while you're buying things, but fair trade was how I came into it. And that's what I started looking for, because Mm -hmm. if you want to start anywhere, that's a really great place to, Mm -hmm. to start, start buying fair trade coffee, start buying, um, fair trade chocolate, sugar, Mm -hmm. um, I actually, I, I always tell people to go to Aldi because they have fair trade, like sugar mm-hmm. and coffee. And, and it's awesome to see that becoming more widespread. So if you want to start anywhere, that's a great place to start. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say that there's no like complications with fair trade. There are mm-hmm. two different fair trade, I think two or three organizations um, that, you know, put their label of fair trade on certain products um, or that allow companies to put fair trade on their products, if that makes sense. Um, So there are problems that um, come into play, not necessarily with fair trade label, but because companies can sort of find loopholes. (laughs) Yeah. But a great place to look for that um, is fair world project. Okay. They have an awesome series right now, podcast series right now. Um, And I would definitely recommend them because they're all about fair trade, but they have so much information on, you know, the complexities of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's Um, better world project, I think is the um, podcast series right now. Okay. Excellent. We've given us a few action steps. Is that like a cat? My cat. I'm so sorry. My cat is just like. It's okay. (laughs) Getting in the plants. Uh Mm -hmm. Love it. Yeah. You've given us uh, a few really good action steps. I like that. Um, Just, you know, as we, as consumers, as just people that, you know, we can really be advocating for others, for, for individuals who are, you know, trafficked or exploited, both you know, in, in any realm. So what are some other action steps that you think would be really important to mention? So I, especially going into the holidays, I think it's, it's an important thing that we can feel good about what we're buying. We're not buying just junk just to make somebody light up for a minute. And it's going to be, you know, in the heaps somewhere later, right? Like Mm -hmm. let's, let's not only make a difference, um, for the person that we're purchasing for, but maybe for the person who's made the product. Mm -hmm. So there are four things that I usually point out there because there are so many, um, which is why I do coaching because there's, there's just so many things. Yes. And at the end, I want to definitely um, give a nod to that. You can let people know, you know, how to maybe if they're interested in some coaching, that'd be great. But yeah, Yeah. give us a little, little taste, a little appetizer. Yeah. So there's, there's four things that I usually tell people to, to, to start. And the first one is to ask questions. Mm. um, Like we talked about first, 
because asking questions like, um, who made my t-shirt, um, who picked the cotton fibers, who weaved the material, who cut and dyed it, like asking those questions is how you get started. Um, one of the, the most important things that goes along with asking questions is asking, is this person making a living wage? Um, so, which is different than a minimum wage. And so who do you ask? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, so that's where the following, you know, remake and the other organizations, okay. the other websites that I mm-hmm. listed, that's where it's really important. So do your research. Yeah. Do your research, that's ask great. questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what I, you know, what else, what comes next is to advocate. Um, so after you ask that, qu- those questions, then I'm like, find places to advocate. So that looks like, um, signing petitions. Um, and the way that you find that is again, by following those, those organizations, um, that I listed before mm-hmm. remake clean clothes campaign, fashion revolution, Um, there are so many that if you are following the right people, you will see campaigns all over the place. And that's part of what I try to share on my social media. And I feel like that's a way that I can help people get involved. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, signing petitions, that's educating your own community, Mm -hmm. um, with like, you know, book clubs or trainings, it's supporting legislation, Mm -hmm. um, one example of supporting legislation was recently um, the Senate Bill 62, the Garment Worker Protection Act in California passed after like two years of campaigning for it. And that means that there are better protections essentially for um, workers in California, um, in LA, which is like one of the biggest, you know, garment work, garment um, production, you know, places in, in the U.S., Okay. So that was a huge thing that passed and we advocated for that for so long. Wow. So that's it. That's another one. That's um, great. Yeah. And, and the, a difference was made because people were signing the petition and speaking yes. out. That's great. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. And they had all the support mm. and then the, you know, um, yeah. So then, like I said, the third one is support organizations. And I named a few of those, mm-hmm. um, clean clothes campaign, Um, a wash foundation labor behind the label support those organizations. And as much as we don't really like to talk about, you know, money, they need your money. So if you have like spare, you know, I mean, not even if you have spare change, like make a conscious decision to Mm. support organizations if you're passionate about this issue Mm. and then make the conscious purchases. And I list that last, not because it's not important because consumer demand is really important, Mm -hmm. but because just like recycling, isn't going to change the climate. You have to have the other steps in order to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Boycotting, um, you know, H and M or another organ, another brand, um, is not going to change H and M. You have to, I choose to shop by my values. I choose to support um, brands who are doing it well, um, conscious brands, local um, businesses. But that doesn't mean that I can stop there. I need the other three steps before that as well to make a difference. Mm -hmm. Mm. 
Does it feel overwhelming or do you feel like you are making an impact by doing all of these things? Uh, I would say both. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it can feel really overwhelming yeah. um, because I think about everything in front of me. Mm-hmm. I can't turn it off anymore. Yeah. Where was this yeah. candle made? Like, can yeah. this thing be recycled? Is this just going to be in the trash at some point? Yeah. Who's trash? You know, who's landfill? Right. So it it can be really overwhelming because I think about every little thing about where everything's going to go, where everything came from. Yeah. Um, And then I also feel like, I mean, with, with the um, organizations that I'm a part of and that I follow this year and the campaigns that I've been part of, Mm -hmm. we have made huge differences, a huge impact. And that encourages me and that keeps me going. I'm an ambassador with um, Remake, which is uh, an organization I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and I get to be in a community of, of mostly women who are just advocating for a change within the garment industry. Yeah. And I get to see the differences that we make together and be part of a community that is, you know, like my people <laughs> Yeah, that keeps me going too. So yeah. it gets overwhelming, but I also get to see the change that we make collectively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, especially in more of what you and me and Mary work in together, as far as anti-trafficking and advocating for those who've been exploited or abused, that's what really has kept me in the game for 20 years is, you know, not just being mm-hmm. the one that makes a difference, but linking arms with wonderful people like you to where we can see the impact bigger and bigger and see our circle, our ripple effects grow larger together. So I love that. And I think yeah. it's really cool that you are kind of, you have your hand in both sides of it, you know, the, the consumer piece. Um, and then also just the, you know, the trafficking of, of women in our city, but then the global worldwide thing, like mm-hmm. it's just really cool. Melanie, it's great to get to know you and just to see your heart. And, um, you have such a piece about you that I really, uh, I enjoy, but also, yeah, just your passion for people. So, um, I don't know if you have anything else you'd love to share, but I think this was a really great conversation and, Um, I'd love for you to to talk about how people can contact you, what you are offering as far as coaching goes, what that might look like. Yeah. Thank you. First of all, for all of that, I, I'm really lucky um, to be able to do it, what I get to do to be able to be at sanctuary night, to be able to be a a coach and just educate the community as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I I usually tell people to follow me on Instagram. I, I don't, I'm not a social media like (laughs) expert. So I have uh, (laughs) two, I'm a poor millennial. Um, I have two (laughs) Instagram Instagrams. One is the mindful consumer coach. And the other one um, is just my name, Melanie Conover. Um, If you just, look me up on Instagram. You'll find me. I post most things on my personal one, uh, because I started the other one and decided again, social media isn't my greatest strength. So I'm still working on that. 
So that's the best place to follow me. That's where you'll you'll get some education as well as like learning about different campaigns and petitions you can sign. Okay. Um, and as far as coaching goes, um, I you know have a few different things that that I offer as a coach, and then I also do some community trainings and have one coming up in January. Okay. Um, so if you yeah, most things are on Instagram, but. Um, I can also give you, you know, my, I communicate a lot through email as well. So, okay, great. Mm -hmm. So let's say someone like Mary doesn't have Instagram, but they're interested Mm -hmm. in your coaching. Um, how would they email you? So my email mindful consumer coach at melanieconover.com. Great. So you have a website. Uh, I don't have a website. I just have a domain right now. Okay. I also have a I know Pinterest, I don't know if that's a thing anymore, but I do have Pinterest and like to put like resources and labels to look for on there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it seems pretty, you know, it actually seems pretty simple for people to be like, Oh, this is a label I should look for. I think Pinterest is still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) You're so sweet. Awesome. (laughs) Well, this has been really good. Thank you, Melanie, for your time. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. It's good to really be thinking through some of this. And again, I just love how mindfulness can be a part of our whole life and it, Mm -hmm. and it should be, and it's, it's good to think about, it's good to be mindful of being mindful. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Awesome. Well, thank you, Melanie. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. We'll see ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked, even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.